Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host. Uh, my name's Anthony, and this is your other host. His name's Dan. And at the end of this episode, we're going to go into the Thunderdome, where two hosts enter, but only one emerges mm-hmm. Um, alive. Yeah. And so stick around for that. I brought some poison, so I expect to exit. I, yeah. I brought a um, shard of metal that I found in the ditch. I don't, it, it's, a, it's cumbersome, but it, it looks like it could do some damage. Okay. So see what happens. So the, the polls are open or the, the betting windows are open. Place your bets. Uh, currently, it would, you have the next three minutes to get those in and then. No more uh, bets will be accepted on who will be victorious. But until then, let's be cordial and talk about something that maybe will um, bring some value to the listeners. Mm-hmm. This is something that I was thinking about the other day. On Twitter, somebody made a comment about what's the biggest lie the operators tell. And for me, it's not even close. This is the one that I see over and over and over and over again. And, and maybe lie is like overselling it. Maybe they're just like stupid and they don't know, or maybe it's just confusion. It could be a lot of things. It could be ignorance, but this is the biggest lie that I see operators tell. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is? I already know what it is because we've been internally bitching about this because it drives us nuts. Like we see so many people that do this for so long. And I think it's a little bit of both. Like you said, there's some people who understand, uh, that what they're saying is, um, misleading, Mm -hmm. They kind of, it's not like a, a lie per se, not but a it's lie, just yeah. a, a, a misrepresentation of what's really going on. Yeah. And the other people that just don't understand the lingo, you know, they're new, mm-hmm. they have no real experience in investing or private equity, so they just don't know any better. But yeah, yeah it's. And, and that's the thing. So hopefully in this episode, we can break down exactly what this term is, this lingo, so that when you see this, you can learn to evaluate it critically because it does have a set definition. And it is calculated in a, in a particular way, but you can also be like a little fuzzy with it. Yeah. So the the way that operators are, the, the most common lie that I see operators telling is around assets under management or AUM. Mm-hmm. And so let's just break down real quickly. What is this term? What's it mean from a high level? And why why would anybody even share this number? Like what's the, the, the value in it? Uh, it's flex. Almost, it is a flex. almost always. I mean, it's, it's unless good, you're like, I got twenty dollars of assets under management. Yeah. It's like not so good. <laughs> I mean, it's a good measure of how how big your portfolio is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most of the time, when you hear people referencing it, it's a bit of a flex because in real estate, num- numbers are always big in real estate. So totally. you can get to a pretty impressive AUM number pretty quickly, and it feels it feels good. Not gonna lie. But you know, there's you know, to to answer the question, you know, what does this actually mean? It means how much stuff do you own in your portfolio? Now, it could differ a little bit from like private equity to real estate. You know, in our industry, we're typically going to be talking about what's the value of all the properties Mm -hmm. in the real estate, in the portfolio. 
Or if you go over to like a hedge fund or something like that, it's not the value of all the stocks and the equities and stuff like that. It's how much equity are they managing? How much cash did investors give them? So there's that little distinction there. But generally speaking, in real estate, you're talking about what's the current market value of all the assets that you own. And there's a lot of reasons why, one, this number is a little bit confusing for some people and, and how it can be conflated. And you can conflate it really easily because let's think about real estate where there's not this daily mark-to-market function where mm-hmm. you can easily say, you know, I bought this 32 unit a year ago. Today, it's worth this. Like, you can't just get on Robinhood and, like, see what somebody would pay for it. It's like Trump's net worth, right? Yeah. It changes by the hour. It's a fuzzy well, number. Feeling? It's a fuzzy number because <laughs> he gets to say, hey, this is what I think it's worth. Yeah, you don't get an appraisal. Right. It's just whatever you say it is. So, and also, to, to qualify this real quick, um, another thing that's very closely re- related to this, but also very much embellished is a uh, number of units. Oh, it's basically communicating. We, we the will same tie thing, these two together for sure. Yeah, it's it's another one that's very common and just it's like nails on a chalkboard. For well, me. there's there's a, what's interesting about this term assets under management is that there's a couple different ways, like both assets and then management. Like yeah. on both of those sides that people combine. Well, let's try and unpack all of it because there's actually a lot here. One is okay, so the mark to market functionality. Like we bought a property a year ago, what's it worth today? Well, if you're being very conservative and true, like what I would typically do is say, what did you pay for it? Like, just go with what you paid for it. Even if it's been a couple of years and you think there's a ton of value in it, like it's always, you're probably not going to be wrong if you're being conservative, just going with what you paid for it or your most recent um, appraisal, mm-hmm. right? If you did a refinance or something like that. But yeah. or, or it, a good, you know, um, kind of quick and easy way to get a, a relatively accurate uh, measure without an appraisal is just take your current NOI, put the market cap rate on it, and that's probably pretty close, mm-hmm. right? As, as long as you can back it up with some math. Yeah, that, that cap rate, one thing I saw on Twitter is like, well, what cap rate do you use, right? And because even that, some people... The one from, I'd say the when one you purchased, purchased it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, sure. exactly. Because a lot of people, you know, the difference between a six cap when you purchased it and then saying, well, now the market's a five and a half cap, that's going to change the numbers really drastically too. Yeah, so like the, 10% in value. So just right there, job. like we could make an argument that, you know, our portfolio, I think conservatively is around 70 million. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we could make an argument how we would want to make these numbers to say it's a hundred million. That would be very easy, but it would be very disingenuous. Yeah. We could value it off a of pro forma. Totally. Yeah. Next yep. year's numbers. Next we year's. do all this stuff we haven't done yet, but we'll do it. Don't in time. Worry. Or when we plan to sell this in five years, yeah. this is what it's going to be worth. And a lot of people do this. Like you will see big numbers start out. And then when you unpack, okay, how did you come to this number? It's like, wait, that's not fair. They can't do that. And you, and yeah. you might think this is like, um, not a big deal. But if it's the difference between thinking somebody has like a $20 million portfolio and a hundred, cause you could, you could very easily conflate this to that, to that, that level. Um, you know, you're, you're thinking you're getting in bed with one size operator and really you're not. And what's interesting, again, going back to Twitter, what got me thinking about this in the first place was somebody made a comment about how he thought it was really funny when operators would include debt into their assets under management instead of just equity. And I was like, well, that's, how it's oh. defined. It's yeah. the market value, the debt and the equity, right? And so even there, an experienced operator, he's looking at it and saying like super conservatively, he's like, you shouldn't even count debt into the equation. And well, I was then like, he's just using the equity under management. I mean, it wouldn't be assets under management. It wouldn't it's be. equity under management. Yep. And I think oh. that's, I think equity under management is actually uh, in a lot of ways a better number. It, it's harder because you don't know exactly what the size of the Does units it, or the, the asset classes or anything like that. But it's also a mo- more of a moving target too. Mm. So um, 
there's how much money people gave you. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Not gotta, necessarily like the baked yeah, in that you're yeah. you're adding over time. That's a good point too. That can get also messy. Yeah, but the other angle that, that that's really bugged me for a long time, just being in the industry and talking to a lot of different. Um, I don't even want to say operators, but but people who are involved on the GP side of syndications is just the, um, the the way they talk about how much how many units they have. They own, they control, yeah. they manage. And then you, Air you quotes know, all here. You come <laughs> to find out that maybe they raised a hundred grand on a twenty million dollar raise for like a five hundred unit portfolio, and they just say, "Oh yeah, I I have uh, five hundred units under management." It's like. Not really. Yeah, you're not the prime not GP really. operating it. You don't have <laughs> the majority stake. And you'll see these people that in that case of like, oh, they they put it they raised a hundred thousand dollars to buy a twenty million dollar asset. So now they have twenty million dollars of assets under management. It's like, well, that's not entirely true. Sliver, technically. It, if you look at their percentage ownership of the GP and what that equates to as the percentage of the deal, it's a much smaller number. The in the 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 biggest um violator of this that I see is new syndicators, new capital raisers, mm-hmm. new operators getting into it who maybe were previously LPs or they still LP in deals. Oh, and so they might, in, yeah, yeah, they might invest <laughs> passively into say um, a, a, a hundred unit class A portfolio. They put $50,000 in and then they will say like they're, they're co-owners in a uh, hundred units or something like that. They'll start using terms and it's like, well, t- technically not, wrong but it's very disingenuous to to present saying like i have three thousand yeah. units when it's like well you're passively invested in three thousand units yeah i mean i have i have some shares in apple i don't say i, I you own apple. i own apple i mean <laughs> I, I do but like i mean that's such a big you know obviously company like everybody knows i'm talking about but it's the same thing like i don't claim to have any significant ownership in apple i own like i don't know how many minuscule very minuscule mm-hmm. amount of what's available in Apple. So I don't know, just be careful if you're out there looking to get into a bed with an operator and you're newer and they're newer. Don't just take that assets under management at face value or, or the numbers of doors, like dig in a little bit and make sure that you're not seeing some conflated numbers and there might not be as much experience there that you might've thought there was. Yeah. I think another one, this is like just way out there is like, what if you had a million dollar building and then you had a million dollars debt on it? Right, you could well, let's make this even bigger. Billion dollars. Let's say you had a billion dollar asset or billion dollars of, as, of assets that are hundred percent um, levered up. Yeah. Right. Like you would say you have a billion dollars of assets, but that person has zero equity. So yeah. like that number is very interesting on one hand, but completely meaningless on the other. Hundred percent. And so take the time to ask. Is the yeah. the I think the long story here. Just ask your operators. Can you explain to me your assets under management? How'd you come to this number? Like, how are you calculating this? What's this mean? Like, how many are you actually managing? Or um, what's what that look like? What are you actually doing? Yeah. So <laughs> a little bit of a rant, but that is, in my book, the most common lie that you're going to see operators telling. So be on the lookout for it. And now just take that with a grain of salt whenever you see people saying how many assets they have under management. Mm-hmm. Hope this helps you guys. Now, Dan, uh, let's, let's lube up. Let's strip down and let's get in the let's get in the Thunderdome. I got I'm my, already lubed. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> you are wearing. I am covered you are in Vaseline wearing, under this You are outfit. wearing a waffle waffle sweater Henley. Oh yeah, you're, underneath though. This it's, man it's is slick. perpetually lubed. <laughs> like, how do you think I get into these pants? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. No other I, way. I am gonna bow out of this fight. Like never fight with a pre-lubed man. That's you know where to find me. Words of advice. So guys, we will see you all in the next episode. <laughs>